Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Bill Yankovi, and this week on the show, going to review a... How should I put this? Well, some of the matches were good, but the whole production of it sucked. Gonna be talking about uh, Extreme Rules this week, gonna review that. Plus, going to talk about a brand new championship that has been created. Get into that a little bit more. Plus, uh, coverage of the G1 Climax and a whole lot more. But, before that, uh, we got some interesting news that came in a little earlier today. And for the purposes of this, I have to play a particular theme. Yes, this is the Funeral March, and I jokingly play this. Because that means that someone has announced their engagement. It was announced earlier today on Instagram... That Tony Storm is engaged to Juice Robinson. I know. I know. It's a tough thing. We're we're, going to make it, though. We're going to make it. We're we're just going to make it, alright? We lost another one. She's she's engaged to be married. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, uh, this is cool news uh i'm gonna read the tweet or not not the tweet but the post on instagram uh pop the champagne i'm changing my last name so congratulations to tony storm and juice robinson on their engagement and their eventual wedding congratulations to the both of you Okay, let's talk about Dancing with the Stars. This was week number two for The Miz, and this was the first elimination week of the season. 
And The Miz and his partner, Whitney, this week danced the tango. And they danced to Nothing But A Good Time by Poison. Because I can imagine the live band ruining Nothing But A Good Time by Poison. Uh, They ended up getting a score of 26 and were safe to advance into the next week. The first pair that were eliminated from competition was film and TV actor Martin Cove and his partner Britt Stewart. They were eliminated first on Dancing with the Stars. Now an interesting development has also taken place and that is that Cheryl Burke tested positive for a breakthrough case of COVID-19 the day before the show. So, uh, her partner, Cody, uh, who, Cody, Cody Rigsby and her could not compete live, but they were, this is the truth, I'm actually reading this, they were judged on their rehearsal footage. Wow. That's, wow. Um, not really sure if they will continue in the competition or not, I guess we'll find out when we reviewed or when I update you guys on the Miz next week. So for next week or this coming week, it's Britney Spears night. Yes, Britney Spears night. And the Miz will be learning how to do the jive. Although I don't think he will be a jive soul bro, but he will be learning to do the jive. And then of course, If he makes it through that, then the following week will be Disney week. And then if he survives that, he'll have Grease Lightning. Because it'll be Grease Night. So, uh, we'll follow the Miz's adventures throughout uh, Dancing with the Stars to see if he can take home the trophy. But the Miz advances this week on Dancing with the Stars. One of the big stories that has come out over the last 24 hours is a brand new championship from Impact Wrestling. And it is the Digital Media Championship. This was announced on last night's Impact Wrestling and a press release has come out today about this title. And I will read to everyone the following press release. Impact Wrestling will inaugurate a brand new championship, the Digital Media Championship, at Countdown to Glory starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, on Saturday, October 23rd, originating from Sam's Town, live in Las Vegas. The first ever champion will be crowned in a six-way match during Countdown to Glory, the live pregame show that will stream across all digital platforms immediately before the biggest Impact event of the year, Bound for Glory 2021. Impact Wrestling Executive Vice President Scott Demore said, In the fine tradition of the iconic television titles from pro wrestling history, Impact Wrestling will add a fourth singles championship on October 23rd. 
The inaugural Digital Media Champion will be crowned in a six-way match with the winner making history. Those six competitors, however, will have to fight for the opportunity to become the first Digital Media Champion. The more added, 12 contenders drawn from both the knockouts and male rosters will compete in six single elimination matches over the next three weeks. The winners of those matches will be the final six who go on to Before the Glory and the Digital Media Championship six-way. The elimination matchups will stream Tuesdays and Wednesdays on Impact's own digital subscription network, Impact Plus, and for Impact Ultimate Insiders on the promotion's popular YouTube page. After 24 hours, the matches will be made available for everybody across Impact's digital universe, including YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Impact Wrestling is an innovator in the digital space, Moore added, pointing out that Impact's wildly successful Facebook strategy is the subject of an upcoming best practices report to be published by the social media giant. It is fitting to recognize the huge audience Impact has online. After the first champion is crowned, the Digital Media Championship will be defended on Impact's digital platforms in exclusive matches as well as on television, monthly Impact Plus specials, and pay-per-views as it takes its place as one of the most coveted titles in our sport. Now, first of all, I gotta give him a round of applause. I actually like this idea of this championship title. It's kind of a modern-day, updated version of the television title. And I know people have been, for a long time, wanting to see the television championship come back. Uh, the NWA has that right now. AEW has the TNT title. And what Impact is doing basically, is they're taking the idea of the television title, updating it to the 21st century, and bringing in what could be new audience and a new way, you know, to have people watch your product. And I like the idea that you're going to include both men and women involved in this tournament and that a new champion will be crowned on the pre-show of Bound for Glory. I I like this idea. I really do. Um I hope this works. Um on paper this sounds terrific. On paper this sounds terrific. Let's see if the execution of the title can be pulled through. I think it can. But we'll just have to wait and see how it goes through. Um, but Impact Wrestling with the Digital Media Championship. And they're going to have a little tournament for the next few weeks leading up to Bound for Glory weekend. Where they will crown their first ever Digital Media Champion. time to update everyone on the G1 Climax Tournament. Uh, they had Block B today, so now we are officially up to date on scores and standings. So let's take a look. 
Block A is a two-way tie for first. Zack Sabre Jr. and Great Okan both at eight points. However, Sabre has the advantage because he did defeat Great Okan earlier this week. So Sabre is undefeated at 4-0. Great Okan is at 4-1. Following them is a four-way tie between Shingo, Kota Ibushi, Toru, Toru Yano, and Kenta at six points. Yujiro Takahashi and Tomohiro Ishii are at four points. Tangaloa is at two. And of course, as I said from last week, Tetsuya Naido no longer competing in the tournament with a knee injury. In Block B, it is a two-way tie for first between Jeff Cobb and Kazuchika Okada, both at eight points, followed by Hiroshi Tanahashi and Evil, both at six points, Taichi and Sonata next at four, Tamatonga and Yoshihashi are at two points, and Hiroki Goto and Chase Owens at the bottom of the standings with no points. Surprised that Goto has not scored a win yet. As far as this week's action, uh, this Sunday, the A Block will continue. That is a 3 a.m. start here on the East Coast for night nine of the tournament. That will be Shingo against Kota Ibushi, Tomohiro Ishii against Zack Sabre Jr., Tungaloa against Yujiro Takahashi, and Kenta against Great Okan. Then night 10 is on October the 4th, a 5.30 a.m. start on the East Coast. Kazuchika Okada against Sonata, Hiroki Goto against Yoshihashi, Taichi against Jeff Cobb, Evil against Tamatanga, and Hiroshi Tanahashi against Chase Owens. Then they are off for a couple of days and move to night 11 on October the 7th. Again, a 5.30 a.m. start there. Tomohiro Ishii against Great Okan, Shingo against Toru Yano, Zack Sabre Jr. against Yujiro Takahashi, and Kota Ibushi against Tongaloa. And in one week, on October the 8th, night 12, 6 a.m. start on the East Coast, uh, it'll be B-Block action, Kazuchika Okada against Taichi, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Evil, Sonata against Jeff Cobb, Hiroki Goto against Chase Owen. So right there, at least one of them will get points by the time next week comes. And Yoshihashi against Tama Tonga. And that is the schedule for this coming week's G1 Climax Tournament. All right. Um... I have to, unfortunately, <laughs> and, and, and I do say that because this is kind of true, have to talk about Extreme Rules. Um, <clears throat> on paper, when this show was put together, there really weren't any matches that screamed out this is going to be good. This is going to be a good show. By the end of the show, it left a lot of mixed feelings to a number of people. And I know I'm one of them. I had a bunch of mixed feelings about this. And uh, when we get to our grades from this event, 
I think you'll see that the fans were not happy with how this show went. So, with that said, let's dive into this event. Now, originally, we had six matches announced for the pay-per-view. During the pre-show, there was an altercation, which I missed because I didn't watch all of it, um, between Big E, Bobby Lashley, New Day, AJ Styles, and Omos, which leads us to a six-man tag team match that will be on the pay-per-view. That's right. A match made on the pre-show featuring the WWE Champion. Yay. So, that meant one of the matches had to be bumped off the main show to go to the pre-show. And that was... Liv Morgan against Carmella. So, the whole thing before the match is Carmella was cutting a promo before the match going like, I'm hot, you're not. I'm hot, you're not. And I'm looking and I'm just like, honestly, I'd rather date Liv Morgan than Carmella, to be perfectly honest. One thing I will give this show credit for, and it's not something the WWE did. It's more of what the fans did. The fans made this show be at least doable to watch. Um, and this is a perfect example here because Carmella and Liv Morgan... Match was kind of back and forth, but the crowd was really into this match. Uh, they were behind Liv Morgan, and Liv Morgan got the win. Uh, not the biggest fan of this match. It, it got a D for me. It, it was my least favorite match of the show, but the right person won at the end, so I have no problem with that. I gave it a D. Uh, Meltzer rated this two and a quarter stars. So, now, we go to the opening of the pay-per-view, a six-man tag match, The New Day against AJ Styles, Omos, and Bobby Lashley. This was an enjoyable match. The only thing I had a problem with was how short a time we had to prepare for this match. Uh, I wish they had done something on the previous Raw to build up a six-man tag match. But it doesn't really hurt it that much. It's still a fun match. Kofi gets beat up for a while. Uh, Xavier gets beat up for a while. And then Big E comes in, you know, like a house of fire. And it's just really good action. It's a really good tag match. Very enjoyable. And then you get the end of the match where Lashley is in control of Big E. AJ Styles makes the blind tag and uh lashley and aj they're having you know miscommunication and lashley accidentally spears aj styles and then biggie picks up lashley to hit the big ending to get the three count and the win on lashley like i said this was an enjoyable 
six-man tag match. It was a fun match. Uh, I gave the match a B. I, this was, for a long time, my favorite match of the entire pay-per-view. Meltzer gave it three and a half stars. Now, this is where the production problem starts to come in. And I, I from what I understand, this was from if you were on the 499 tier, which is what I'm at. During the celebration of the New Day win, we cut into a commercial for Peacock. Not WWE planned. Peacock just did that on their own. They're like, Biggie, cel- or, you know, New Day celebrating, commercial for Peacock. And guess, th- this is going to be a theme. Well, actually, let me go back a little bit because with the Liv Morgan Carmella match, <coughs> and this was hilarious. During the match, the Spanish commentary was on over Michael Cole and Pat McAfee, which might have been a blessing in disguise. So they have that problem throughout the entire match. And then when you get to the start of the six-man tag match, the French commentary is over the... Raw commentating team, which might not have been a problem had they had it for the whole match. So, they're having production nightmares right now. At this point. And then you have the commercial. Then, after the commercial, oh, Street Profits are on their way to the ring. Okay, I'm sure I didn't miss anything there. Uh, They take on the Usos, SmackDown tag titles... It's an all right match. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I love the Street Profits and the Usos when they're on their best. They are on their best. But here, you know, I don't know. I just really wasn't a big fan of this match. Um, Usos got the win with the double splash off the top rope. That's gonna send the Street Profits out of the tag team title picture for a while. I gave this a C. Meltzer gave it three and a quarter stars. Then we go to the Raw Women's Title match, Alexa Bliss challenging Charlotte Flair. As Alexa Bliss is making her way towards the ring, commercial number two for Peacock. Yep, commercial number two. God, this is this is going so well. So wonderfully well. Uh, But eventually the commercial was short enough so where we can see Charlotte's entrance. We have the match. It's it's a decent match. You know, it's nothing to write home about. But the end of the match, Charlotte Flair grabs Lily. Alexa sees it. Charlotte throws Lily at Bliss. Charlotte hits natural selection to get the three count in the victory. After the match, Charlotte Flair becomes a bully by grabbing Lily and tearing her apart, stuffing coming out. And uh, and Alexa isn't there to see it, and then when she sees what happens, she screams, and then this, oh my God, this crowd had me laughing. 
This crowd had me laughing. As Alexa is screaming and crying over what has happened to Lily, we get a thank you, Lily chant. Thank you, Lily. Thank you, Lily. I am laughing at that because I know they're being smart asses, but it's still funny. It it's it was funny. Um, so Alexa mourning the death of Lily the doll, and reports have come out that she's going to be out of action for a little while. So we'll see what they do with Alexa Bliss after. Then we go to the triple threat match for the United States title. Jeff Hardy and Sheamus challenging the champion Damian Priest. A couple of botches in this match. I'm not going to hint, you know, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it, but this ended up being another entertaining match to watch with Priest and Sheamus. And then you add Jeff Hardy into the mix. So you had really, you know, you had a, a good match, a solid match. And this is one of these where it ended up being a little bit better than it probably had any right to be. Damian Priest gets the win with a schoolboy onto Sheamus to retain the United States title. The botches did affect my grade a little bit, so I gave this a C+. Meltzer gave it three and three-quarter stars. Then we go to the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair challenging Becky Lynch for the women's title. This was a very good match. I enjoyed this match. Good back and forth action. Becky Lynch was kind of being a pain to Michael Cole, which was fun. You know, the fans, I think, were kind of in the middle on who they were cheering for. But it was still an enjoyable match. And then we get the ending. Bianca has Becky set up for the KOD. She's going to win, more than likely going to win the match. When all of a sudden, Sasha Banks runs out, attacks Bianca Belair, match ends in a disqualification... And Sasha Banks goes to town on Bianca Belair. Then Becky gets up, sees her, and they're like, you know, friends. And then Sasha Banks attacks Becky Lynch. And Sasha's going crazy over both of them. And I have to give WWE credit for this. They did a good job as far as hiding the fact that Sasha Banks was in the building. I had no idea Sasha Banks was there. I honestly, I kind of forgot about her being involved in this whole women's title situation. And they did a good job, I thought, of bringing her back into the mix. Um, the match, I gave it a B-. minus. I thought it was a very good, enjoyable match to watch. Meltzer gave it three stars. Now, before I go any further, I have to go, I, I have to vent a little bit. I, I I have to vent with all of you guys, my, my wonderful friends and fans of the podcast. 
because you know when we do the pay-per-views I'm the one that usually does the Twitter handling for the pay-per-views so you know I would put in you know uh, 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 crap uh, Bianca Belair won by disqualification however Becky retained the title then I get a reply from a fan I get a reply from a fan who says no you're wrong Becky won she's still the champion and I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to be nice about this. And I'm explaining to the individual, you know, with with all due respect, this is what happened. So, you know, I had to break it down. And he's like, well, still, though, Becky, you know, she didn't lose the match. She's still the champion. And I think I have it. Hold on, maybe I have it. I'm, I'm, okay, maybe I don't. I thought I did. Folks, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna say this. I've been a fan of professional wrestling for 30 plus years. Basically my entire life. And... This one individual goes on. It is like, no, you're wrong. You know, no, 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 First of all, don't correct me on something I know I'm right about. Sasha Banks caused Bianca Belair to win by disqualification. Don't tell me that I'm wrong. The rules have been since I was a kid. If you win by DQ or count out, you win the match, but you don't win the title. Okay? That's how it's always been. Don't correct me. Don't be a D-bag. I know what I'm talking about. You don't. Becky lost the match. She keeps the title. That doesn't mean Becky won the match. Shit, man. Anyway, on to the main event. Roman Reigns defending the Universal title against the demon, Finn Balor. And this is where we get our third and final Peacock commercial during Roman's entrance. Yep. Three times. Three times this happens while I'm watching the pay-per-view. This match is the match of the show. This was a great match. Loved this match. Basically, it was anything Roman can do, Demon Balor can do better. And there's one point during the match where Roman Reigns puts a, a, a mask on to fight with Finn in the crowd. And you know what? I had no problem with that. It did not affect anything with the match. 
because Roman Reigns, he's had leukemia twice. He probably could be very, you know, he, he's in a position of where he could get COVID real easily if, you know, things happen. So I liked that at all. And I actually have not heard anyone complain about that. So that's a good thing that, you know, we were able to have that happen and nobody complaining. So they fight. They continue to fight. Uh, they get back in the ringside. They get back in the ring. A few minutes later, Finn hits the coup de gras. Going to get the win. Going to get the title. But the Usos come out. Remember, extreme rules. Anything can happen. So it's a two-on-one fight, and the Demon is able to fight off both Usos. Then, Roman hits this spear that sends Balor through the guardrail, through the barricade, and everyone is out. And then, you start to hear this bump-bump. 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 It's the Demon's heartbeat. And here's Balor starting to quote-unquote wake up. And he gets up. And he's a completely different person. He's like... uh, Like, he got a, you know, a new life. And he starts beating the crap out of Roman Reigns. And he powerbombs him through the table. And this crowd's going wild. And and it's like, oh my god. They're going to actually put the title on Balor. It's like, oh my god. The way this is going. And this crowd is going crazy. I, I will say this. This crowd was a great crowd all night. And then we get the ending. Reigns is in the ring. He is dead to rights. Balor climbs the top rope. He stands. He's in position. He's gonna hit the coup de gras. We're going to get a... If he hits this, we're going to get a new champion. And then... The top rope collapses. No reason... Whatsoever... The top rope... Collapsed. And then Roman Reigns hits a spear. One, two, three. Roman Reigns retains the Universal title. All because... The top rope was broken. Yeah. Loved the match. The ending kind of sucked, but loved the match. I gave this an A-. Meltzer gave it four stars. Alright, so I'm going to do this a little differently. Usually I'll go great of the show and then my favorite match. I'm going to do favorite match first. Favorite match, hands down, Balor and Reigns for me. That that was my favorite match. Um, it ends up now being tied with the Street Profits against the Usos and Alexa Bliss against Charlotte Flair, probably because they all were chanting, Thank you, Lily, at the same time. And a vote for Liv Morgan and... <laughs> If Morgan and Carmelo got a vote, I don't know. As far as this show goes, what grade would you give Extreme Rules? The majority 
the majority of our fans gave this show an F. Oh, holy cow. They gave this an F. Wow. And then a few people gave it a C. Alright. Here's what I'm going to say. As far as the matches themselves go, the matches weren't that bad. It's just, you had the Universal title ending kind of have an abrupt ending with maybe the dumbest thing. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then you have a doll getting torn apart. And that gets a thank you, Lily chant. If I was to give this show an F, it would be because of the production value, mainly from Peacock, not WWE. The matches were decent. They were not great. They were decent. The production especially on Peacock's end, is what killed me. I'm going to give this a D. This should get an F, but because some of the matches were actually watchable, especially the final three, I'm going to give this a D. And for those wondering, I'm going to say it right here, right now. This show will not be covering the show in Saudi Arabia. Somebody else can do it if they want to. All right. That's going to do it for the show for this week. Uh, quick plugs. You can follow the show. Or actually, if you have any questions, send an email. Wrestlingman at thatwrestlingshow.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at wrestlingshow 11 and check us out on Instagram at That Wrestling Show. Join our Facebook group. It is That Wrestling Show Fan Group. You type that in the search bar and you are right there. And if you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode. And if you like what you heard here and you'd like more content, then check out the Patreon page, patreon.com backslash That Wrestling Show. Now to quickly plug some friends and podcasts you guys should check out, starting with our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn. This week they're on a bit of a vacation, so they do a live review of Saturday night's main event from July 28th, 1990. That is this week on our Vantage Point. Also, check out Greetings from Allentown with Peter Winson. This week, 
he discusses an episode of NWA Main Event from June 12, 1988, featuring Arn Anderson against Lex Luger. That is this week on NWA Main Event. Also, this week on Juice Pro Wrestling, uh, they put out two new episodes. Uh, they put out one where they discuss the boom of AEW and their recent talent acquisitions, the success of All Out, NXT, and much more. Plus, up today is an interview with Brian Cage. That is on Juice Pro Wrestling. And check out the 24-inch podcast where Steve Bennett and Dave Rollins look at the career of Hulk Hogan. This week, they look at Hulk Hogan's feud with Big John Studd that leads to a match at the Spectrum on October 13th. 1984 that is this week on the 24 inch podcast if you are looking for non-wrestling related podcasts check out the castle vault it is a deep dive of films on disney plus this week it is the queen of the castle it is a castle vault mcu mixtape that is this week on the castle vault also check out dave and ethan's 2000 inch weird owl podcast where they interview documentary filmmaker Scott Barber, who is the director of an upcoming war documentary that features Weird Al. Yes, a documentary on war that features Weird Al. That is on Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Also, check out Escape from Vault Disney, and it is the final week of Patreon Request Month, as this week they discuss Ferdinand, the 2017 movie with John Cena that is on Escape from Vault Disney. Also, check out the Three Stooges throwback with former guest Gabe Russo. This week, he reviews their 27th short the Sitter Downers, that is this week on the Three, Sto Three Stooges throwback. Also, check out Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast where I watch and discuss each and every South Park episode. This week, I hit the halfway point of season 13 of South Park as I review Fat Beard, that is this week on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. And finally, check out Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts. It is season two as I go through, along with Jim Boy Star, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. That is this week on Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts. All right, next week on the podcast, going to review the WWE draft, where everybody went, who might be some of the winners and some of the losers of the draft. Plus, going to preview the big GCW Championship match between John Moxley and Nick Gage. This is one of the most anticipated matches of 2021. Going to preview that and give you my prediction as to who will win that match and so much more. Thank you all for tuning. Oh, one more thing, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. If you're ever driving and you're near Arn Anderson... Don't threaten to take his car, because he'll pull his Glock, and he'll shoot your brains out. Just remember that. 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning into that wrestling show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. Have a wonderful weekend and come back here for the podcast where all pro wrestling matters, that wrestling show. I'm Billy Ann Covey, and until next time, wrestle on.